Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 91st episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of the PopBreak.com. That's right. We are in season three, episode two. Of course, this is our Book of Boba Fett review series, which we are now calling the Boba Book Club. That's right. The book okay, club is there. I know. I know. Listen, guys, that's not bad. What happens when you're tired I, okay with this. <laughs> all the time? I am your extremely exhausted uh, daimyo, Bill Bodkin. Uh, that's right. If you uh, decided to drink during the book of Boba Fett every time the word daimyo was said, you are now a force ghost. Fun fact. Um, I'm the editor-in-chief of the site. Like I said, I'll be the uh, guiding voice of this podcast. And I am joined, as always, uh, he's reluctant in so many things in his life that are related to me. He's a reluctant managing editor of PopRake.com. He's reluctantly my co-host of this podcast and reluctantly one of my best friends. Um, Al Manorino, what's up, bud? You kind of scared me when you said 91 episodes, because that means we actually have to start planning the 100th episode. We, We actually did. We no, we came up with ideas. That's not a plan. Like we haven't told anyone who's involved. We haven't done any of those things. But I'm I'm doing great. I'm uh very happy after uh watching this episode of the Book of Boba Fett and uh excited about our panel this week. That's right. Returning to us this week, she is the resident guest of this podcast review series or oh, this review series. Uh she is the Mandalorian. She is the uh, GM of Thunder Rosa's Mission Pro Wrestling out of Texas. Amanda Rivas, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be back and to chat all things Boba. You guys are great. And this is just, just so much fun for me. And I am like Al. I am extremely excited to talk about this episode. I can't wait. Oh, yes. This episode where we have so many things to talk about, but we're actually representing almost every part of the United States. Of course, Al and I on the East Coast, Amanda coming us from the South, from some would say Mid-South even, uh, for all of us wrestling fans. But of course, representing the West Coast, it's been it's been the first time in forever. It's like a goddamn Frozen song, guys. We did not get a chance to celebrate the holidays or talk about Hawkeye. It was like a hole in my heart and Al's. I mean, very much. Yeah, they're back. The unofficial third and fourth hosts of this podcast, but really they should be the hosts because they're smarter and they know how to talk better than we do. Um, and they get along better. And they really do get along better. <laughs> And they have a cat who really adds a lot of flavor and character, where our dogs are just jerks. Um, and, uh, of course, he uh, she is the music editor of thepopbreak.com, Cat Manos. Welcome back. You and your comically large water jug, which we had to bring up again because we mentioned it five times before we started. And, of course, our favored redheaded savage Mr. Cole Rothacker, what's going on, man? I mean, Savage in the gentlemanly, most gentleman way possible. Yeah. yeah. No, I got it. Also, I thought you were referring to Cole as the water jug. Well, now I could never unthink okay. that. <laughs> I hope you um, now name your water jug Cole. <laughs> uh, I need to say I'm obsessed with the shit. What is it? The Boba Book Club Fet? What is it? It's the it's this the Boba Book Club. Oh, if I wanted to add Fett in like the the very fancy party terms, that would be really cool. But I often forget how to spell that. So 
I love it because it reminds me of like the babysitters club. So we need like, like, I want to be like Christy. I want to like run this meeting and have like a little hat on and like answer like the phone. One, say, you, should, you, should, club. you should run this. <laughs> not yeah, my, my hope watching this show, not to jump ahead too much, but like I, my hope is every time he's in that tank and thinking about his life, it's like recording it and, He's like writing his memoirs, and that's like the big reveal at the end of the show. And that's the book. <laughs> that would be that would. By the way, good. is that how they write books in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> they don't, don't exist. There's no media in Star Wars. That's oh, they no, have, no. Remember, with they the, have the text, though. Ancient texts uh, pulled they out their Jedi texts that only Jedi's can see, but also yeah. they were destroyed, but also they weren't. So there are no books in Star Wars. There's no oh. media. There's they no have books. music. They have music, but also don't remember they the Fett twins also. Uh, no, the Hut twins also brought out that iPad where they're like, here's yeah. the laws, here's his will. Saying oh, yeah, they got the little, the little. Yeah, I don't know. I'll just say it's an iPad. Maybe it's a hologram. Who knows? But we are talking about, sorry, <laughs> I, I still am thinking of Cole as the water chuck. Um, <laughs> episode three of the Book of Boba Fett, the streets of, shit, the streets, oh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> no, put it back. Right, I have put a completely large Water no, put it back up, Cat. I need to do this for posterity. That, that could be the official mascot of the Boba Book Club. I need, I need that, I need that uh, water jug back in the shot. I'm gonna take a picture okay. of this too. This just has to happen. There you go. That is definitely <laughs> my new favorite photo. Outside of once with my kid. Um, so. <laughs> The Streets of Mos Espa. That is the third episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Before we get into this, of course, Cat and Cole, you are our guests, uh, brand new to the series for this episode. Um, episode, whatever. I'm tired. Uh, what have your thoughts been so far? Like your expectations going into the show and your thoughts so far on the first two episodes? Not what you follow this one, but those first two episodes that dropped. Mm-hmm. Um. I I think I was overall looking forward to it. I really like The Mandalorian a lot. Um, it's probably my favorite Star Wars thing ever. Nice. Um, and so I, I was looking forward to the show. I wasn't like anticipating it that much, but it was definitely like, you know, it was on my radar to definitely watch when it came out. Um, and I think so far it's been like, good uh episode to episode i think each individual episode is like good on its own i think uh i think overall like i'm still kind of trying to figure out like what the show is really about like what it is um i mean i know what it's about but it's like i i'm not getting too much of an in with the characters so much um and also the storyline i i think like it's all like cool but it's not like it's not like really uh getting me invested that much as far in any deeper than like you know i'd like to just be in this world and like see how these see more of these characters but i'm not like not like really invested in them emotionally yet um i don't i I wouldn't say i felt that way about the mandalorian when it started but i definitely did by the end so there's still hope Mm -hmm. um Kat, what's your thoughts been on the your expectations going into the show as well as your thoughts so far? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, this might be controversial. Despite being like a really big Star Wars fan, I have never been particularly obsessed with Boba Fett. Um, it was always confusing to me when everyone's like, Boba Fett's so fucking cool. He's like amazing. And he's I'm glad like, you're before me. <laughs> and he's like 
incredible and he's a bounty hunter yeah and i'm like he's on screen for three minutes and dies like i don't yeah. like i never got it and he has like a very polite british voice yeah um but despite that i really love the mandalorian and i liked him popping up and was like okay cool like where are they going with this like i'm i'm excited to see what's going on yeah, i do like that guy who plays them yes from attack of the clones yes um i think I've been very interested in the fact that the show is following so much of like bureaucracy in the Star Wars universe and like, okay, you're in charge now. Now you got to deal with like the local mayor and this hooligan who's like price gouging water and stuff like that. Oh, we'll get into that son of a bitch later. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been very interesting. And I'm also into this idea with more and more Star Wars stuff that comes out kind of like this, low-key rewriting or like retconning of history of now like hey have you thought like the tuscan raiders are like human beings or like people with feelings Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's been very interesting i'm like cole i'm curious to see where the show is going because i don't feel like i have a full grasp of like what, what what's this book that we're discussing this book of boba fett like what what is this journey um but i am enjoying it so far yeah, there's got to be a book at some point. Like, otherwise, that title's just kind of stupid. I'm sure there's a book. <laughs> it's written by the Matt Berry voice droid. <gasps> oh, yes. yeah. Yes, love it. Oh, it would be great. So let's get into our first segment, which might be a rehash of a name from the Mandalorian series we did, but I don't care because my memory sucks. So it's called Nick Galaxy. In a, uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, which is my excuse to read the plot summary of the episode from Wikipedia. Of course, chapter three, the streets of Mos Espa. Boba Fett plans how he can maintain Jabba's empire. A watermonger named Lortha Peel, played by Stephen Root, asks Fett to punish a gang of cyborgs for stealing his water in Mos Espa, claiming the citizens do not respect him yet. Upon seeing the gang having no work, Fett employs the cyborgs as enforcers while paying Peel. In the back-to-tank, Fett recalls when he sought the toll from the pikes. On his return to the Tuscan camp, he found the tribe was destroyed by the Nikko gang. In the present, Fett is uh, attacked by Kersantan, the Wookiee. Who is held, off, but the Wookiee is held off and captured in the basement by his guards. The twins are, uh, then arrive, bringing a rancor as a gift and promising to leave Tatooine because they were misled by Mayor Shies. Uh, after releasing Crescenton, uh, Fett uh, enlists the rancor keeper, Danny Trejo, to train the beast. Fett, Shan, and the cyborg garbs, guards go to Mos Espa to question Shays. But the mayor is absent and his major domo flees. A speeder chase ensues and the cyborgs corner the major domo, who asserts that Shays is working with Pikes. One of the cyborgs reports that more Pikes are arriving in Mos Espa. Fett decides to prepare for war. Okay, guys, this was uh, setting up a little bit more of the world of Mos Espa, giving us some of the Fett twins, giving us... Um, not Chewbacca, dark mm-hmm. Chewbacca, I'll call him Chewbacca. Evil Chewbacca, right? Evil Chewie. <laughs> um, and so let's go with what worked in the episode. In a segment I like to call, hey guys, let's all go chill in the back to tank. 
so it's a place <laughs> where we can rejuvenate. It looks warm. It looks nice. You can dream there. So, uh, Amanda, I'm going to start with you. You're a resident. What was what worked in this episode for you? What was your favorite part or parts of this episode? So I popped for Danny Trejo and the Rancor. I'm like, please just let him ride it once. I know we're going to see Boba ride it. I just really, really want Danny Trejo on a Rancor because that's, you know, or bringing out some kind of machete at some point. You know, <laughs> that's a very classic Robert Rodriguez moment. So I'm like, please, please, please. If You know, y'all are out there listening. Please, please, please give me Danny Trejo <laughs> on the Rancor. Um, so I loved that moment. Um, that was an interesting moment as well. And, and um because you do get that humanization of a rancor yeah. as, as well. I thought that was really intriguing to see if that, if that actually is going, if, if the rancor will actually imprint with Boba, if it, if it actually, like, if there's no trap there, um, I, I, you know, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see. Cause again, you think rancor, they just gobble everybody up and they're, you know, um, they're kind of these big, scary things. And so this is an interesting, it was, it was an interesting direction. I think very much rewriting the, the history of what we know about Star Wars in terms of just the, the side, you know, the, the, the wildlife or the um, kind of the, the surroundings around the Star Wars universe. So I thought that's a, it's an interesting, um, interesting touch. Uh, BK, my fave, obviously works. I know Rob's going to get mad at me because he's like Chewie forever. I'm like, but BK though, evil Chewbacca. I mean, <laughs> um, I loved his whole segment and um, just, I was happy we got more of him. He was a surprise to me, uh, attacking Boba in the, the tank. Uh, I was like, whoa, BK, BK is here. BK is here. So um, so a little bit more Santee. I was happy with that. Um, and of course, can we talk about that cameo right off the bat with our watermonger? The yes, cameos just, just worked for me. The cameos were great. I love that we had more action. I feel like finally it's the story is starting to pick up a little more steam. I wish the story would have picked it, picked up a little faster, yeah. but we're starting to pick up some steam. We had a little more action. We had the, the chase scene. Um, and for me, the memes have been on point these last few days for it. <laughs> the Power Rangers references have been fantastic as oh, well yeah. as the, uh, <laughs> yeah, as well as, you know, just all the different, the, the different references coming out. But um, those are some of the things I, I really enjoyed. Um, just having more action, a little bit more steam, the cameos, and just a different look into the world of Star Wars through the eyes of a Rancor. <laughs> yeah. so, let me ask you one question. I know you were you went in last episode, like was like amazing detail about BK, who is like why I call him Chewbacca Dark, um, the gladiator Chewie. Um, um so sorry three people just messaged me about pop break stuff. So he, what did you think of that fight scene? Do you think it was like, he was taken down a little too easily? Should I there have thought been so more? too. I, I was, I was like, I'm going to stay on the positive for a minute, but since you brought that up, that was probably my only, my only issue because in the, the Star Wars universe, BK is definitely like a kick-ass bounty hunter. He's a rebel. He, you know, he's, he's completely different. He's a rebel amongst and not even accepted by his own kind because he chose to basically say goodbye I'm not dealing with the Wookiees issues. I'm going to go do my own thing. I mean, he worked for Vader. I mean, you have, you know, he's, he's, he is uh, in the, for the galactic who's tra tracking down people for Vader. 
<laughs> um, so he has a darker, he is the dark Chewbacca, if you, if you will. So um, he's built up as this, as this, this fighter, this kind of just kick-ass Wookiee. And I did have a problem with the fight scene. I was like, you have a group of street urchins basically fighting him. I really wanted Fennec to get in there. I really, really wanted Fennec to get in there and fight him. Um, and I thought, I'm like, well, you took out the two Gamorans. I was very quickly, concerned because so I know Ben is very, Ben Murkison, our guest, you know, guest last week. He's very attached to I the was, Gamorans. I was concerned I was like, oh, too. I thought no. about Ben. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Those I was like, guys. he hit the one. I was like, no, is he going to yeah. make it? Um, but he took them down pretty quickly. I'm like, and they're pretty big and pretty strong. So you you were basically kind of starting to lose to a bunch of kids. Mm. Fennec didn't really do much. And that's what I, I really just wanted a moment. Even if Fennec had kicked him down there or fought to the point where she set the trap and opened the door and got him down there. Yeah. I, I just really wanted that epic moment. That oh, but I think he'll come back. I, oh, I, think I have I think a, so too. Yeah, I, I got so a too. whole theory on yeah. that one, man. Oh, okay. Oh, you. I, I'm going full like mobster. I'm like basically rehashing episodes of Boardwalk Empire as I watch this show. Um, and, and I was like, why the fuck do you keep referencing this show that like only oh, kind of <laughs> because trust me, it works. Stephen Root was in it. He was in Boardwalk Empire. Um, He's in everything. That doesn't count. He's in and, Dodgeball. That's a good point. Uh, he is <laughs> great in Dodgeball. Um, Kat and Cole, uh, whoever wants to go first, what was your, uh, you know, lounging in the back to tank moment? Like your favorite, you know, some of your favorite stuff and stuff that worked for you in this episode. Um, what I really liked is that we kind of stayed in the present time. Um, I've been feeling not that, you know, always love a good flashback. I'm all about it, but I feel like we were spending so much time with the Tuscan Raiders in the previous episodes that I kept thinking like, okay, when is this going <clears> to <throat> catch up to where we are? So I, I liked that we were in the present moment. Um, also, um, I really liked the whole chase sequence with like the gang and that like slimy mayor assistant guy. The whole time we're watching this, I, I kept thinking, I was like, God, this gang just like reminds me so much of somebody. And then finally it hit me probably because we just rewatched the trilogy, but the little street gang reminds me so much of Biff Tannen's grandson's goons in that. <laughs> Back to the future too. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, "Where's Grant? Where we we need we need the the hoverboard, but with like flames coming out of it." I, like we were like two seconds away from that. You were. Um, they basically had those. They did. They, they it was did. Yeah, it was like hover bikes. Yeah, I don't know, just like their vibe. And when I first saw them, I was like, "What is this like Matrix hacker shit?" Like it's just so weird because you you don't see characters like that in Star Wars. And I think you said it, Cole. Like. When was the last time you saw teenagers in Star Wars? Well, I mean, I guess like Luke Skywalker is a teenager when we meet him and yes. Princess Leia, but like these, I, these are the first characters I can recall seeing that felt like young people, not yeah. like people in their early or mid twenties pretending they're teenagers. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was it was interesting. I yeah. mean, I liked them when they were Ninja Turtles as the Neutrinos. They were really awesome. <laughs> I've had that I've had that in the chamber all day That's on Netflix by the way Speaking of Ninja Turtles I exclusively call those green guys uh, Rocksteady and Bebop because that's what they look like I love it, I'm here for this This is called a method now on That's what they look 
like every time I'm like, who's the Rock City and Bebop guys? Like, I don't know their names. I just call them that. What's called Rock City? I don't think they actually have names. They didn't really name. They have not given them names. I like them a lot, though. I was I was also very concerned that like they died, even though they literally don't do or say anything. I just like them. Yeah. I just like that they're always flanking him at all times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're they like slightly. Like, as good as the effects are in it, they're still slightly, you know, very 1970s, like, yeah. guy in an outfit, which I'm like, you know what? I like that. Keep well, if you going. notice, sometimes I, I like to watch, because I I'm, I get really into looking at, like, the creature stuff in the Star yeah. Wars universe. Like, I'm always asking Cole, I'm like, do you think that's CGI or is that, like, a puppet? And I notice with them, when they're not the focus of attention, their noses are still wiggling and stuff. So there's stuff happening that's not just like glued yeah. on, like they're manipulating something, which I appreciate. No, there was a there was a stopped animated creature in this episode. Oh really? Which one? Uh is that literally the very beginning? That that what's it called? The um the the spider. Yeah, the spider, yeah. spider oh, yeah. robot. Yeah, that was that's stopped animated. It was done by Phil Tippett's studio. Yeah, oh, I, nice. I mean, this is super out of place. Not out of place, like that doesn't fit in Star Wars. I just I'm like, is that is that really bad CGI? And then like, I had to think about it for a second. I'm mind, like, oh no, complete opposite. My mind is just blown that it's a Phil Tippett. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Like, I'm like, literally, I'm here like, what? Yeah, I think so they did cool. some other stuff in the episode too, but I know for sure they did that. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, so Al, for you, uh, if you're hanging in the back to tank, what's 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 working for you? What's putting you there? Oh man, it's a um, terrible name for the segment that has. It's so bad. It's really it's bad. I, lo- I love it. It's it's funny because this episode really hit on a lot of stuff that we were hoping for yeah. when we were talking last week. We were we were like, all right, we have to, you know, we we enough with the Tuscan Raiders. Like, I think I love that. I, I talked about it a lot. That whole like origin story, but it's like, all right, we have to move on from it. Yeah. That was a great way to do that and get the story to progress and also have it intersect what is happening now. Um, we talked about that. We talked about just just the, I guess, the overarching storyline speeding up a little bit. And that um, also happened. And then the third thing was like, let's see more of Mos Espa, right? Like, let's like get out of like the little square area of like the mayor's house and like his like palace right job is palace or both that's palace whatever you want to call it now like let's see more of the city and we got to do that um in a really cool fun way it felt very you know especially with that that chase sequence it felt very spielbergian you know it felt very like indiana jones uh very fun and uh yeah i kind of love like how it felt so retro, like, especially like seeing, like you guys were saying, like, it's weird to see teens. It's weird to see like neon colors and bright colors in the star Wars universe. I'm just used to seeing like, there's never color, right? Uh, Outside of like a lightsaber. I feel like the prequels had more colors, right? Uh, A lot of people have been talking about how these characters feel like they're, they sort of more belong in Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's yeah, a really that good point. They're very yeah. Maybe that's where they come. You don't know the origin story of these kids, so maybe yeah. they came from there. Say maybe that's where they come from. Yeah, that's true. I just I, I everything worked for me. Um, I I mean I like the you know BK's fight scene, getting to see him. I don't think we're gonna see him again. I do. In this, if we do, cool, great. But I think what that set up is basically him teaming up with Doctor Afra, which is a a newer Star Wars character from the comics who is like a super fan favorite um, that everyone thinks is going to be getting 
her own project sooner or later. There was like rumors that she was already kind of shown in Mandalorian. I think at some point, I think we talked about it during the Mandalorian uh, show. Like when we get to see um, more of like the, uh, the Sith or whatever. Um, But yeah, I think that's when we're going to get BK again. And this is just kind of like a backdoor pilot situation for him to just show up again in uh, future Disney plus properties. Uh, But again, if he comes back later, I'm, I'm happy for, I'm happy for it because he's awesome. Uh, By the way, maybe the worst way to wake up ever is just getting attacked by a, a, a nine foot giant and, beast. I mean, did, he break, did he break a rib after all? Cause you hear that part, like the toe curl made my toes curl. That was like, did y'all see his toe like curl? I, I was like, like that. I yeah, like I was like, all. okay, a little too much, a little too much detail. I, was TM, like, oh. TMI. I thought that scene was very violent. It was. It, oh, it was like very nice. Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah. yeah. Trademark. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 thank you for bringing up Rob Rodriguez. It was great to finally get uh, his his episode. I know we, you know, when they announced the Boba Fett show, it's like Robert Rodriguez is going to be involved. And we're like, well, he brought Boba back. Like, this is such a like great idea. I always been a, I've been a huge fan of Robert Rodriguez forever, and to see Danny Trejo um, in the Star Wars universe is great. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I would love to see him wield a machete. Uh, Machete is a great character. He can't. And, throw, he uh, can't throw the small knives, so that's Fennec's thing. Very true. Um, Al, did, Al, did I ever tell you when I met Danny Trejo? No, but you have to save that no, for, for later. Now you have to. Yeah. No, no. Yes. <laughs> save that for later. Yeah, I Before for later. I want to, I want to lose my thought. Um, I already did. No, I, uh, I, I just love the what he did in this episode is like. It moved the story along, but also like the amount of cameos and nods to the the existing Star Wars world, getting to see the creatures, the robots. You literally see um, um, what's called Amy Sedaris's character walking in the background. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that you happens. see her with the two droids. She's like yeah. walking in the background. Oh, wow. I missed it. Oh, yeah, I'll you have see, to go back and watch that. Yes, and like that, like just those little yeah. things were really cool, and getting to see like some of the creatures that we've been introduced to, um, you know, throughout all of Star Wars. So, I just generally enjoyed this episode um, for all of those reasons and more. Uh, well, now, tell us about you meeting yeah, Danny right about now. Danny Trejo. I don't yes, know. I'll go later. Oh, yeah, I met him at the at Quentin Tarantino's theater out here. We went oh, to yeah. see Grindhouse. And uh, he was there with Zoe Bell and Sydney Poitier, not the Sydney Poitier, but his daughter. His Sid- daughter. His daughter, mm-hmm. who's also named Sydney Poitier, who's in Death Proof. Um, they were all there to introduce it. He's very nice. Um, it's funny, we were watching the machete trailer, and I actually just watched him because <laughs> I was like, because he was like two seats in front of me. And I was like, I've never seen somebody watch themselves on a movie screen. So I'm just going to take this opportunity to do that now. And this is magical. It's very, he's very nice. He's like exception. um, He has a place out here called uh, Trejo's Tacos and they're legit. So I, when when he popped up, I was like, I wish he was like, Riding the raincoat and eating a taco, but you know, have you, have you had the, the Treos tacos? Yes, yes I have. Ooh, that sounds really good. Now I feel like good. I want to go to California. I haven't had them. 
Oh, they're good. I mean, I can't eat them now because they have. I would only go though specifically if he was making them or serving them. Yes. He I shows up sometimes, apparently. And he like threatens you while he See, does it. I just wish I just wish he'd get a food truck and drive around the country and they'd film him. Just like do a TV show. Just have do, him drive do a around. Seat, truck around. Oh, that hasn't happened. Wait. I know. Do, <laughs> team up with Favreau and make say, a Disney Plus chef. Yes. Disney Plus series with Andy Trejo. You call they, have the, they have the world according to my boyfriend, Jeff Goldblum. So well, you, call him, you call him a chef. You call him a chef. And it's a greatest show ever. They go around. You can put it on Disney Plus. Oh my God. Well, that's it. Much chef. Oh my God. Great. Honestly, why are we getting like only only if you get only if you bring back me, dude. I'll I'll... (laughs) hear me out because this works still. So, uh, not very, um, uh, girl, a woman from Modern Family, Uh, Sophia Vergara. Sophia Vergara was in Machete 2 and Chef, and you can have her scream in the beginning of the intro, Machete. That's oh all I gosh. want. That's it. That's so Disney, That's it. are you listening? Anyone there? No, they don't We're an unof- we are an unloved, unofficial Disney Plus stand podcast. Like one day, <sighs> they'll either serve us with legal notice or they'll give us like a hug. Uh, or <laughs> That's too good of an idea to a not screener. That's a great idea. A screener would be amazing. Uh, amazing. For me, what I loved about this was it really dove into the gangster shit that I have been wanting. This is like... Hey, I you're the you're the you're the gangster, you're the boss, I pay you tribute, go take care of these street toughs that are stealing stealing my stuff. Of course, he proves this guy is a piece of shit, and no one plays a piece of shit better than Steven Root. Uh also no one plays the most sympathetic character of all time than Steven Root. But uh it's like so then of course he it's like almost like I could I, I could like predict it when it happened. He's like he sees that I'm like, okay, he's gonna recruit them to work for him, which he did. He lets BK go, and I'm just like, oh, great. BK is Luca Brazzi now. He's going to come back later for the war because that always happens. There's a guy in the beginning of Boardwalk Empire, any gangster movie where someone's going to war, that person will be back later. They'll come back, and they're going to help. They're going to be the heavy that comes back later. So I like that we're setting up. We talked about these families. We're talking about the Pikes, and now we're going to go to I'm like, yes, this, this is what I want. And that's the pay. I like the fact that the Tuscan Raider thing that we had for two episodes paid off. It's like the Pikes. Ki- I always thought they would help him, but the Pikes killed the people who saved him. Right. And it's so it it didn't. I wouldn't reek. I mean, because that's not such a negative connotation. But it was such a Mario El Mariachi trilogy type thing. It's just like everyone he loved was murdered, and now he's gonna be on a like a bloody path of vengeance. I'm like, that's so fucking Rodriguez. It's great. Yes. And that's what I loved about it. It's like, we're getting into why I wanted to see this. I wanted to see gangsters in space. That's what we're getting. The hut, the whole hut thing where they're like, we don't want any part of this pal because the war is coming. I'm like, bring it on. I'm ready. So that's what I love most about this, that we are diving into this world of, of gangsters and criminals and territories and now we got to have negotiations between families because some people are going to work with boba fett then you know if we have a season two which i'm sure we will um there'll be the some one of those families or two of those families will be the rival it's great it's good it writes itself and that's where i wanted to i'm like it's not hard just get to where i need you to be and that's what this episode was for me but let's talk about what didn't work 
Let's talk about something we want to throw in the Sarlacc pit. And we just watch it be eaten alive. Um, Al, I'm going to start with you first. What was the worst part of this episode, or what you didn't like in this episode? Mm. Mm, he's always so quick to answer. I'm, I'm not quick. I, I, there's not a lot I didn't like about this episode. I mean, the chase went a little too long. That's about it. I mean, honestly, I think I think the introduction of the the street gang um, was cool because the way they did it specifically was I think any other show would have like waited two episodes for them to come back around where they kind of just were immediately helpful. I thought that was nice. Like a nice addition. Like he needs people like he, it's just him Fennec and two uh, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. So like he needs help and it, it makes sense. So I thought that was smart the way they did it. I think the chase while fun was just a little too long in an episode that was kind of like, pretty important like this somewhat midpoint of the show where things are starting to fall in place like i would have liked more of a conversation with uh pike phil lamar that would have been great we have not mentioned that phil lamar played the uh that main pike guy so oh, that was cool that I didn't even know. yeah i, I saw that, I in a, that in a random article i'm like oh shit phil lamar, phil lamar um yeah so i think that was it for me it was i mean this was a you know if we're talking like episode one i would have probably had more to talk about but overall this episode really worked for me yeah, for me, it's the street gang. Um, they still don't like the knee, like they don't fit for me just yet. They're a little jarring. And it's not like this is ruined my like I've seen, you know, it's the usual Star Wars Twitter take. It's ruined everything. Oh, it hasn't. Trust me. There's so many things in real life that ruins everything. The, also, them, so uh, much of it has been ruined already. Like what <laughs> I trust me, I know. So, and I say that as someone who enjoys this shit. Like I do it's do. not precious. Well, I saw people saying they thought those characters were like really out of place or didn't feel like something George Lucas did, but I'm it's like not. George Lucas hasn't been doing this for decades, honey. Yeah. But like, but like they do. They're basically like American graffiti characters. That's what I thought it was like an homage to at first. I'm yeah. like, are those car like are those colors of cars yeah, they were, that were in they American were, graffiti? Because I've never I've never yeah, seen American graffiti, but I want goes american graffiti is good yeah uh, i but for me they just it was a little like i felt like it was like it didn't work in the respect of for me where it was just like it took it was such a left turn yes. or it's just like they they felt a little cw at times sorry cw didn't mean to you know insult you but uh <laughs> it felt a little cw at times with how they looked like i'm like i'm interested in these characters but they're trying they feel so aesthetically out of place like where everything is very drab and bland and you're in a desert it's just like hey we're out the streets of you know i'm like i'm waiting for them it's like we just came here from you know london and you know we're you know we just kind of glued a whole bunch of shit to ourselves like it was a little too jarring like i like the fact he has these street kids who are like like i want to know why they're cyborgs why are they attaching these things i think amanda already knows it's like why are they attaching stuff to their bodies? Like, why is this happening? I'm interested in, in like finding out their backstories. I want to know about them. It's just like kind of the peripherals and visuals of them are just a little too like, that's eh, a little campy. It's a little too like, hey, this is something out of Spy Kids I couldn't get done. So I'm going to do it. Again, Robert that's also Rodriguez. I know. Actually, they, I thought they looked a lot like characters from his last movie, the Battle Angel Alita movie. Oh, like, oh basically, that's right. Everybody yeah. in that movie looked like that. They just they didn't have big eyes. 
So, some of them did. They did. It You're fucking wonder. right. They did. <laughs> you remember how Jack Errol Haley looked in that movie? No, I was talking about in um, in Boba Fett. They didn't have the big eyes. <laughs> no, yeah, the guy had the one guy had to like the like the camcorder on his face. Um, I know, right? The, but, the old school, like. But yeah. it makes me wonder too if it's a Disney Plus or is a Disney edition too to make. Because I, I feel like there's some decisions that are being made that obviously make Boba Fett more marketable. And I mean, also, maybe they're doing it to a sell. Free, a freeform spinoff? Could be. Oh, I mean, you try to catch does. that younger, try to catch the younger, the, the younger audience who are going to buy the merch. They're, they're definitely making Boba Fett like uh, nicer than I think he's been yeah. previously. Yes. I, I, like, I feel like he's, I feel like he's getting the, I call it the Velociraptor treatment, like the Jurassic World treatment. Where they yes. made the raptors all, they gave, you know, blue, you get blue with the name now. Uh, yeah. She's not as scary. Whereas watching Jurassic Park, it was scary for us. Whereas we watched Star Wars back when, and Boba Fett's like this tough, like badass kind of, you know, character. And now he's like having a moment where he's cuddling with Rancors and being nice to Tuscan Raiders. So it's making him more, a little bit more um, marketing, I think, market marketing yeah. friendly. Yes. Maybe. So, Kat and Cole, what didn't work for you in this episode? Um, I would actually say my issue was also with the chase. And I it's kind of more for, like, technical reasons, because I do think Robert Rodriguez is a great action director. But I thought, like, that chase was, like, very... It was maybe it was like shot just fine, but, like, the way it was edited, I felt was, like, so lethargic and clunky. Like, just watching it, it felt like everybody was moving at, like, about 40 miles an hour, like, not very fast. And he was in that, like, big, wide mm-hmm. car going down, like, a very narrow street with basic, but, like, he wasn't going that fast. And I don't know, something about, and it did go long, as Al said, and it, it felt, like, a little lethargic. It wasn't quite that that mariachi style of, of uh, action that he's well known for. I just want to cut into because you bring up a great point. Um, I felt the same way. I think um, I, I actually have no idea why they did it that way. It's it maybe is because of the way he likes to to shoot, but it did feel. I, I think maybe because they were trying to use a lot of practical like yeah. effects and stuff because yeah. it felt slow. Like it felt mm-hmm. like <laughs> I felt like they should have caught him immediately because it was yes. it was like. They're on like if we're just talking about like putting it into like reality, it's like they're yeah. on motorcycles. He's driving a 1972 Cadillac. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, he should not be going that fast. And mm-hmm. like that thing should is a boat is taking wide turns. They should be like, okay, we're in front of you. Yeah. Also, is like are like does no does no one drive? there like was he well, taking th- th- that's that's the alleyways that's what i, I never about that, that scene you, you know why it was so slow one because they want you to see all the detail that they put in things that they're just speeding past you're not going to see that you know so and so who works in props spent 45 hours painting a thing that is gonna break like and, yeah, and also the 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 town the city that they're in it really doesn't look that big it looks like they drove the whole length of the town yeah and if they were driving any faster they would have had to like pleasantville come back where they started at the beginning (laughs) knowing robert rodriguez they probably just like filmed it on the same area but just like redressed it that's how they did Mm -hmm. from dust till dawn they had like 10 vampires but they like composited them so it looked like there was like 50. Yeah. 
that, that that's yeah. just my guess. But yeah, there was just like that that whole chase just felt like very lethargic and like they'd be like doing these moves where they're like kind of jumping off stuff because there was like no impact anything because they're floating. They're floating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just I don't know. It was odd. It, 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 it could have been better. And um, one guy, and one only one guy wiped out. It was like the dandy of the group. Yeah. 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 He, he wipes out. You're like, come on. He was trying. Yeah. I, I think that's the weird thing with like we've always want I mean since probably back to the future but or before that but we've always wanted like hover things but mm-hmm. like we have to remember that like that's it like when you're hovering yeah. you can't really do yeah. tricks anymore because yeah. you're not yeah. like there's no there's nothing to it you're like you're yeah. in the air already yeah <laughs> but it's like yeah, if you watch it's like it, a, new hope sorry. like Luke could yeah he, he could he like when he was like oh my god and Uncle Owen in Amperu, like he floored it and he had an old yeah. speeder. But yeah, he was in the middle of the desert with no cityscape around. Like they were, like it felt like he was. He had a wide berth. It like he, he was in alley. Take off instead of a slow roll. It's like a Ooh. jaunt. He was like a little jaunt. He was just no, like, there was a robot that around. was like wielding like a, a couple around the town. Like like it was really? like a horse run carriage ride. Uh, yeah, like you, you would think they would have run over more people with as oh, crowded yeah. as the streets were too. And then yeah. I'm like, and then you get to drive one of those big boys in Battlefront 2, and those things are, they're clunky in the video game. If they're clunky in the video game, like, why on earth with this? It just didn't, yeah. It just yeah. was, it, it, I'm like, y'all, I mean, they could have put him on, like, a speeder bike or something. I don't know. It, it yeah. dragged for me, too. It, uh, also, wait, real quick, one more. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Oba has a jetpack that goes That's, very thank fast. You. Yeah. <laughs> now, this, this is semantics. I think it was more of, like, I'm I'm the boss. Like I don't need to do this. You got it. You have bikes that are way faster, or like should be. Like you got this. And then he was just like, "All right, now I'm needed. I get it." But at the well, same I, time, like you could just I blew think, that motherfucker up. I think <laughs> an yes. An important thing to remember, and here's why the chase didn't bother me that much. There's little to no stakes in it. There's actually zero stakes in this no. this like chase, which is why I was like, oh, something's happening. <laughs> because they're chasing a lackey who we've yeah. already seen three or four times. Actually, that's my issues with the episode, which I guess kind of go back into the previous episodes, are really like the mechanics of the storytelling of like, okay, we need to go to the mayor because we need to do this thing. We have a conversation with the mayor. It's weird. We leave. We need to talk to this guy. Okay, the like weird like incestuous slugs but that's another thing i like i like that they're like hanging on each other and i'm like are they twins brother and sister why do they they seem like they have a thing i don't like that i think they're conjoined it looks like they're conjoined that's what i thought too okay i think they're conjoined i dislike that even more I I, I I i've been i like watched it very because i kept thinking i'm like why are they so close on this thing and i'm like like are they conjoined and i like specifically that whole time they were talking i'm like i really think they are because yeah. you only see three arms, that's why. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And the one of them has like a fan. Anyway, but so it's then, like, not even a fan. It's like a rodent. The rat, the little he rat. Mops thing. himself over the rat. Gross. Gross. So then that, they go and they talk to the twins. Part. Fuck that! It's awful. They go and they talk to the twins, and then they're like, "Actually, you need to go back to the mayor." And then they go to, and I'm like, "Why are we? What? What's with it's, the storytelling of like?" It's because the mayor is like the kingpin in this series, and it's going to be like somebody big at the end. I mean, I think yeah. that's clear, but my point is it doesn't make for interesting storytelling. No. It's very bureaucratic, which could be interesting, I think. And also super Star Wars. <laughs> yes, yeah. very Star Wars. Cut to 
Attack of the Clones and Palpatine talking to a huge room about democracy. Mm-hmm. It, it's like oh, the irony. I, I I want the pacing to be a little bit better because I feel like we're we're double backing on ourselves a lot. Another thing yeah. in this episode that I understand of why it happened, but it also bummed me out. We spend two episodes with the Tusken Raiders. The last episode, we have this train sequence. He's like, don't worry, I'll solve all your problems. He wipes out these goons on the train, whatever they're doing, because they, because we need to have a reference to, again, the Millennium Falcon and like the Kessel Run, because we can't forget that that happened. So we have that there. And Boba comes and saves the day. They put a lizard in his brain. He's one of them. I'm like, how beautiful. <laughs> and then, oh, they're all dead. And that storyline's over. I'm like, well, then what was the goddamn point? Basically, he like got but, some gear. Yeah, is it, is are they, they all dead? That's what that yeah. I was about to say. That was a very you, small pile of bodies. I was about to say it the was, same but thing. They, so, but it looked like it was the whole village that but, he was with. I was looked like the whole so. village was burned down, but the the amount of bodies, unless he did like right. multiple piles, yeah, I think that was my well, one logistics I think thing. The that thing bothered was me. when he burnt the three sticks. It was yes. the three most important. Yes, sand people. It was the kid. It was the chief, oh. and it was the yes. uh, I don't know though. I don't think the kid. I wouldn't. I don't think Disney would kill off a kid like that because it's Disney. Disney has killed off ish, ish parents. Yes, kids probably not. They're really well, good at killing parents. I feel like that would have been a missed emotional moment. Like he could have been well, like, why, oh, with the kid. Well, I, think you know? I think that's why the stick. The stick. Yeah. They didn't yeah. want to show it. I think that's why they the stick. Unless he thinks he's not there, and that kid is like. They they do some sort of thing. The kid's still there, but that's hard. If the kid's grown up, yeah. like how do you know he already burnt the mm-hmm. stick? Like if he ran into the sand, that kid he was grown up, and he hands him the stick, or he holds the small stick, so he's like, "I'm the kid." Yeah, that makes more sense. So I think the kid's dead. So the three most important, and that's why he. That's why it's going to be the emotional fuel for him against the Pikes. Yes, it's just. Um, and every time I think of Pike, I think of Star Trek for some reason. Uh, and it's yeah, Cap- Captain Pike, Captain, right? Captain Pike, and yeah. uh, then Admiral Pike. Uh, and then it was like, so it's like he needs the fuel for that because he had more of the emotional connection to the kid. And, and again, I totally get that. It's his moment of everyone. Oh, yeah, but it's like about back is dead. But it makes me go like, oh fuck! So the whole last episode, kind of like it matters emotionally. It does, but then the Tusken Raiders just kind of like ended up being like victims and like a little like plotline in his story, as opposed to like people and the humanity. It it undercuts the whole purpose of the previous episode for me. Now I'm only saying this only three episodes into this like seven or eight episode series. I'm sure there is an overarching thing, but right now I'm just really stuck on like the mechanics of like. We go to the mayor, we come back, we talk to this thing. We have like a small little story. Now we have a chase. Now we're going to go back to the mayor and now we're going to talk to the huts again. It feels like like, it's the Sims. It's the Sims. It's like, now you must go talk to the mayor. Now, Yes, it feels like a video game where it's like, get here on check mark. You got your Tuscan stick. Okay, now go back and talk to the mayor and help the guy. Okay, now you got like the local teens on your side. Check. Go to the next thing. That is yeah, what it feels the, like. The chase yeah. of the guy through the town felt like an annoying level in a video game where you have to like catch a guy. Yeah. 
who and doesn't even have anything to yeah. do with really the plot. But you, to get you're him. actually reminding me of something I really did like in this episode. Was like that chase goes on for like ten minutes, but then that guy just like immediately like gives up where the mayor is. I was like, wow, that was, he was covered in really fruit. unnecessary. Dude, he was covered in fruit. He had nowhere to go. <laughs> also, also, Star I would have shot really... that guy in the first episode. He was that that scene in the first episode. He was that obnoxious. No, I was annoying. just like shoot him now. It's annoying. Just going back to Cat's point, like Star Wars is like, especially recent Star Wars is really good at that kind of plot mechanics because like that was the whole relationship between Kylo and Snoke in like the first two. It's like how many times are you guys going to converse? Like just. <laughs> Like Jesus, just make like, out or say, right? say one thing to him and let him go do his thing. Like, how many times do you guys get to meet? So irritating. At least, at least, Listen, how many had... Zoom calls will be had that we did not need to have? And don't how many Zoom calls about? happened in the last Jedi? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I think that at least makes sense because the yeah. audience is seeing what's happening. I don't think the audience needs to see. All right, head back to the mayor. The mayor's schedule's booked. Well, let's threaten him. I'm like, we're bounty hunters, and we have to schedule a meeting with the mayor. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's, so- it's a little more exposition oh, than we and, need. But you know why yes. that would have you know why it would have worked the second time if they would have like when he locked the door if the music or there felt like there was some tension it's like oh, he right. locked the door we gotta get him like yes. ramp it up instead of oh I locked the door all right well we'll open the door we'll get him don't worry and then it's like I felt like there was a lack of tension built there and that could have mm-hmm. been better but it just wasn't but I mean overall I still like the episode but yeah like that whole kind of that whole arc like it was kind of flat. I, the, the more I watch the show, the more I think it's going, like, you almost need to talk about it as a whole, as opposed to, like, individual episodes. It will be, I think. I think. Be, just because of, like, so few things happen of consequence. Like but a whole book, if you will. Yes. yes. Like, oh. well, you can't really judge it yeah, by the there. there it is. You need to have the whole book. I know, bitch. Amanda, what, what would you throw in the Sarlacc pit? Just uh, the continued underutilization of Fennec. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, underutilization. I wanted more I Fennec. I, I, I need a little more. Just a little, okay. like, give me a little bit. It doesn't have to be like her whole episode. It's just, I, I wanted more, Which a little bit more action from her. She still had the best dialogue of the whole, you know, just kind of the whole, they continue to give her the great lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just wanted a little more. Um, and I, I really, because I really feel like she embodies the boba that we all grew up with, the intense, the bounty hunter, the the the, the OG bounty hunter boba. That's what she's she's embodying to me. Um, so I really just want to see a little, even if it's a gradual increase to her having more time. I feel like she got about the same amount of time, maybe a few more lines than she did last episode. I think what you were saying before is like how she was not as used in the bk fight scene like right. it felt like she needed to be like because you're establishing we know from mando how great she is right. as a marksman and as a warrior exactly and, and even in, even in bad batch she had more she had more time and you see her get in there you see her like you know get in there and get more physical and i know you're trying to be smart when you're going up against a wookie because obviously especially somebody like bk which there's another missed opportunity there which i'll get there um but I just, I mean, even if she had joined the street urchins in the fight, I mean, that would have made sense to have her at least 
there because in combined, that would make sense to take out a Wookiee or at least get him down the, and down the shoot a little easier. But I just felt like she was really underutilized again, this episode. Again, I'm happy she had more lines, a little bit more lines and she still has good lines, but I, I really wanted at least a little bit more from her this, this time. As I think that should can hopefully continue to build as we get towards the end. Um, I think, I think we'll get more of her when we get to see his point of view of finding her, if we get to see it. Right. That's so, true. You know, if we get, if we get to when yeah. she was like left for dead on, on, I don't know where she was at that point. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So she was, I, almost, I, she was I, fighting Bobby Cotton Valley's son in Mando. Oh yes, you're right. Yeah. The worst, the worst part of Mandalorian. His... <laughs> I hated him. I hated that character. Oh, he was terrible. He's very he's like, oh no, he's dead. Oh, no, oh darn. Oh, oh, oh man, I cry. No, I, uh, uh, Amanda, I, I think, like, I have to agree and disagree with you because I, we talked about it last week of like how I think that Fennec is becoming the Boba Fett character of the Boba Fett show, whereas he's taking on like a larger role and becoming an actual person where she's like calm, cool, collected, like she's like, like the badass. Right. Um, Even in this episode, it was like nine against BK and she just comes in like Wong, like, Oh, you guys need help. You guys, you guys missing anything. Um, And she's like, why are you even fighting this? Like trap door. Like she's just like the smartest one in the room always. And I love that. Like even when the mayor locks the door, she's not like, let's fucking blast the door. She's like, all right, let me just cut this thing out of the wall and I'll fuck some shit up. Like I like that. How, and she's playing it so well too. Like Ming-Na is like so good in this role. Um, And I've, I've, I've been, I love reading all this stuff about her, like on set. They said that like she was nerding out so hard the entire time where um, the guy playing both ends, like you got to yeah. like chill out. <laughs> like, even I her love social that. media, just even yeah. her social media, seeing how expressive she yeah. is and how excited mm-hmm. she is. I mean, you just, you get this genuine love of the star Wars universe from her mm-hmm. and even just what she's, what she's doing. I mean, I love, I love her. social. it's so positive. I love her social media. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's both, oh, she's in the Marvel star Wars and Disney, Disney universe. Yeah. yeah. She's in all she's of great. them. She's great. Um, but yeah. Bill, what's hey. the next segment you got for The us? next segment is I am the Daimyo, or I am the Daimyo, because he just mumbles the shit out of that line, uh, <laughs> which is who gives your, who is your favorite or best performance in the episode? We had a lot of cameos. Um, uh, Kat, I'm going to start with you. Your favorite performance in the episode. That's tough. Um Honestly, I really like seeing Stephen Root. I think he's like a really great actor. And I was, I like turned to Cole and I was like, oh, it's Milton with the red Spingline stapler. Like he's <laughs> just, he has so many great roles and it was kind of fun seeing him in Star Wars. Um, I also really like seeing Danny Trejo and I hope that he comes back in some way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's what, that's what I would choose for this episode. Previously, I mean, generally, I think, um, God, I feel terrible. Who's the actor? Who's who's Boba Fett? What is his name? Tamara Morrison. Tamara Morrison. Thank yeah. you. I don't know why I always forget that. Um, I think he's doing a really, really good job. Um, he's, like, very evocative in a way that I think, like, Mando couldn't be. 
in the Mandalorian, obviously, because he couldn't take his helmet off. Um, but I think, I think it's really interesting. And just like his like physical response to things, like you feel for him when he sees that the Tusken Raiders have been killed. I think he does a, a really, really good job. Um, and generally I'm really scared of dark Chewy. Like he came on screen and I was scared. He, he really Love scared it. me. Um, he was very violent, but I did enjoy his performance. Yeah. I like Danny Trejo. I like the pig brothers. Pig brothers and, pig uh, <laughs> yeah. I liked, I liked the one, the like lead girl of the cyborg teens. Um, He's in uh, something like she, right now. Yeah, right? she's in Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. I heard that show was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes and it's very gripping. And she plays young Juliet Lewis. Yeah. I could see that. Jesus, okay. that's great casting. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. lord. Uh Amanda. Well, I'm gonna agree with uh, our lead, our, our lead girl here and our, our street urchin gang. She really stood out. Head and shoulders about everybody else in that in that group. Um, I mean, she's she's somebody again. She has a look that you just are immediately drawn to. Her acting stood out. Her expressions. So just, I, I really liked her um, in particular out of the, the street urchin group. Um, you know, I, I love BK. I, I'm just sad that they missed an opportunity because in the comics um, there is a little history between him and Boba Fett. Jabba was the one who supplied. You know, Darth Vader came looking for bounty hunters and guess who also came with Boba Fett? BK. Hmm. So that would have been neat to have seen maybe some recognition or maybe some kind of like, They met met in the comics? They did. They met in the comics very briefly because they would, you know, Darth Vader hired both of them from Jabba to take care of business. So um, that's a little, a little tidbit there. Um, I would have liked to have seen that. That would have been cool um, to kind of see, especially with you work for the uh, the Empire at some point. You kind of kind of have to run into each other. Um, that would have that would have been interesting to see that. But I, I liked that we got BK earlier than I expected, and that was a complete surprise to me. I was like Santi. <laughs> I was so excited, even though I was like, Boba, don't die. Um, <laughs> uh, so I thought that was really cool. And even at the end, just that acknowledgement of like, you know, we're, we're equals. We get the bounty hunter, mm-hmm. we get the bounty hunter thing. Um, so I, I'm curious to see, you know, I, I'm curious. I'm thinking Boba may hire him to come back because he's a bounty hunter. He's not going to come back out of goodwill, I don't think. Um, you, know, you can hire him to come back, but I do think we'll see him pop up in other Star Wars shows as well. So that's, I think that's a neat little cameo there. Of course, Danny Trejo, man, I, that, that, that made me pop so much. I mean, just, there's nobody else, the perfect use of a cameo for somebody like Danny Trejo, who is this badass. It's like, I'm a Rancor trainer. Just like, that's so, that, that was so, so great. <laughs> Such a great use of Danny Trejo yeah. and, um, and not requiring him to get super physical now that he's a little older. Um, and just still kind of being again a, a badass. He works with Rancors. I mean, what what a great use of somebody again who's a badass like Danny Trejo. That's that's so I, I really liked those performances, and I agree with Kat with Tamora's performance. I, I feel like people don't talk enough about his his acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like each episode too, you just get more depth from him, and you just get you really get a very fleshed out. Boba, very humanized Boba. He brings a lot of dimension to the role 
And uh, he he mentioned at one point that he'd love to play all the clones. I would love to see him as Rex. <laughs> Just want to put him. I mean, he's putting in he's putting in this this much emotion into Boba. Can you imagine if you put him in the role like a Captain Rex? I mean. Just so I, I I think his acting just continues to get better and better each episode. And um, personally, it's, I, I enjoy it very much. He brings a very good energy to the, to the Boba Fett role, but that's it. He put a lot of effort into playing Aquaman's dad. He did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that dude's been around forever. I mean, yeah. he broke and uh, we were warriors. I want to say back in the, the mid nineties, he's been in. A he, didn't he do the movie with Pam Anderson? Wasn't it um barbed wire? Barbed wire, yes. He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. He, yeah. he stuck around. <laughs> I was about to say, he was a barbed wire, and he for me, what I love, there. what I love about Tamar Morrison's character uh, performance is like he's playing almost like this. You know, he's like I'm going to rule with respect, and he's going to be this benevolent guy, and then he's going to turn out to be a real piece of shit. He's going to be, be you're going to see the real ruthless side of him. So I like the fact, like he's always got that in the back pocket or the back of his head. So when he needs to be, he can turn that on and he's going to kill without fear or any you know thought. I think that's going to be interesting when that happens, because then you play into the dynamic with the future season could be. Uh, and he's been great. I mean, he like you said, I mean, you said it perfectly. The dimension and the depth he gives to the character is great. And Sophie Fat- Thatcher is the, the actress we're talking about. who's the leader of the cyborg gang. I think she's going to do a lot of great things. I think obviously she's pointed. She's been focused as the lead. He says, "I like your, I like your grit." Basically, um, Al, did you answer this one yet? I didn't, and I, I didn't want to retread on what everyone else has said. But I will say, uh, I've already mentioned before the the main like Pike guy that he goes uh, in the flashback to talk to, played by Phil Lamar, just like stirring his drink. Like I'm not paying two people. Like I, I, you know, go go get go go get it situated, and then let me know, and I'll give you money. Like I thought, just. Very subtle, but like strong performance. Like you have to like, you know, really make a name for yourself when you're going to be like this, like one-off sort of villain in in a show like this, um, especially to go toe-to-toe with Boba Fett. So I thought he did a great job. Obviously, everyone else you mentioned crushed it. I think we didn't talk enough about Steven Root, just being Steven Root in the star Wars world, which is their version of let, let's put Amy Sedaris in star Wars, like Steven root. I, I think like, let's just keep putting random fun uh, character actors like that in, in star Wars. I think that, you know, as, as long as the, the role is right, I think they'll, they'll be a fun fit. So yay, Steven root. All right. So let's go into uh, our next one, which is I'm calling the word on the street in most Espa. Which is basically mm. just rumors and innuendo and like theories that we have that we'd like to see how we want to see this play out. Of course, we've talked about Cole's brilliant idea that the back to tank is literally just him using his like somehow was the transcription for his his memoir. Um, for me, I, I've mentioned it before, is that BK will come back. He will be the Luke Brazzi of this of this outfit. He will come back because he owes Boba a debt. Uh, because he set him free, even though he tried to kill him. So he will uh, come back. Uh, I also don't think this is the last time we've seen the huts. Um, I think we will see those uh, gross people back. Uh, gross beings, I should say. And um, my big question is, I don't trust. My big thing is, I don't trust Danny Trejo. 
I don't know. I, I think that's on purpose. He might be this great guy who's going to lead him. And eventually, you know, he, you know, somehow tragically dies and he's like, the rancor is yours. Now you're the, you're the master, blah, blah, blah. But you're also going to plant that seed of doubt throughout the episode of maybe he was put in there by the huts to kill Boba or to train the rancor to kill Boba. Because why would the, the huts give this vicious murder monster to their, and just like, hey, here's here's a gift. It's a murder monster. When they could easily be like, yeah, to murder you, you know. So uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out. And I feel like I we could see a Boba versus uh, Machete um, uh, battle, and I think it would be the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I did think it was weird that they showed up. And like, how did they know he wasn't killed? Yeah, we, like, we, we talked about that. They're like, we're so sorry we sent the evil Wookiee to kill you. I was like, how did they know that he, the evil Wookiee, didn't kill him? Yeah, how did well, they guess, know that he had been caught? I guess like by the fact that you're like, ding dong, hey, is Boba around? They're like, yeah, we'll go get him. Like shit. <laughs> like, like but, but they already had that. the rancor with them. It was so weird. They're like, we came to say sorry. It's like, how did how did you know that he didn't kill him? Well, maybe they didn't. Yeah, because it was like they didn't receive a communication from, you know. Yeah, it's funny that we, we complain when there's too much exposition and then when there's not enough. <laughs> like, yeah. they probably just like. About. It's the yeah. mechanics of storytelling. But here's the thing. I actually think that was done on purpose because I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Are, are you done, Bill? I was just going to jump off of what you just said. No, I'm, I know. That's I'm literally just like, I don't trust Danny Trejo. And I think BK is coming back to help him. That's where I'm going for right now, because I've said the other stuff where it's going to be like the families are going to get together and there's going to be distrust and eventually there's going to be a war. I'd also like to point out that the Pikes look like they're wearing Iron Man masks. Yeah, you yes, said that. I said that. I was like, they look like if Iron Man was a catfish. Yeah. That's a valid, that's a good comparison. And, and then that's, I actually, multi, it's a multi-level thing because people are yes. catfishing people's tongues. Well, John Favreau oh. wrote the episode, so I mean, maybe I know. that was like, it's it's you know, Barrow, it's, maybe had some extra Iron Man masks or something. Like, I, I feel like there's gonna be a story behind that. Um but Kat, you wanted to jump in. So what, what do you got? Yeah, I I like to give movies and stories and narratives a the benefit of the doubt that when something doesn't make sense, I like to think they probably did that on purpose and it'll come back later. So I I agree with you that I actually think Danny Trejo and the Rancor is a plant. Um, when he said that the Rancor had blinders because it imprints on whoever see it first, I was like, what is this Jurassic Park? The Rancor is, when it opens his eyes, he's been told whoever is there, that's who you kill. And um, there was something about when Bobo left, Danny Trejo told the Rancor, don't worry, he'll be back. And he said it in, to me, a sinister way, like, don't worry, he'll be back for you to kill him. I could totally be wrong. You could just his tone of voice, that's how he always talks. Like, Really, it could be, but I would like to think just because it makes no sense the way that the Huts showed up when they yeah. had no context, that they were always planning on um, leaving the evil Wookiee. And also, by the way, Amanda, I think I think that's kind of why he lost so easily because he was supposed to lose um it was a big point maybe they thought that you know boba's not going to kill him or they didn't really care because they seem to not care they seem to whatever send him back to the gladiator so 
I think that this show is leading up to like a giant battle or like a war or something. And everybody we've seen will come back in some capacity and everyone will be fighting. And I don't know. Also, I feel like I heard a, a rumor that they would bring back like a CGI Harrison Ford, which made me gag. But we while watching this show, we talked yes. about that. Yeah. Um, the more I watch the show, the more I'm 100% convinced that's going to happen because this is made by the same people who brought back a CGI Luke Skywalker um, yeah. when they really didn't need to. And they've didn't already talked like about the size of Kessel. So I think that they will bring him back. But didn't we like that though? I felt like we liked it. At I all. liked it. They just could have done it better. And someone on YouTube like to do it better. And then they, and they hired him. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, um, Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Was, was it was it the worst thing that ever happened? No. Oh. Did it need to happen? Absolutely not. Luke Skywalker did not need to be there. Oh, I all. thought you liked it for some reason. That's why I misremembered. It, 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 was, it was fine. But I, I think that they're going to bring back other people that we know in I some think, capacity. I think that worked in an emotional and story sense. But I think if they brought back Han Solo, it would be very contrived. Oh, well, you know who we did think. You know who we did think it was. Throw it to you guys. I brought up that. Remember, they had to get permission. Like he had, a, there was like a whole thing about permission. Someone, uh, Al or Amanda, remind me who they needed permission to. Remember, they said you have to ask permission to kill well, somebody. Yeah. So oh. in this episode, they showed that the that the um, most Espa whatever is now controlled by three different things post Java, and that um, Bib, Bib Fortuna was. Um, basically just wheeling and dealing with all of them, right? To like stay afloat. There is now a, a unknown or unnamed syndicate that is supposed to be coming. And that's why the huts are hightailing yeah. it out of there, right? And the pikes, yeah. And, and the pikes, whatever. So the rumor or the thing that we discussed last episode is that the, it's, it's like Crimson Dawn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's from Solo. So Crimson Dawn and uh, Kiara, uh, Emil Clark, is going to be the person that kind of shows up. That's who I still think is going to go. Yeah. I think it, they've completely opened it up for that. Yes, it could be. Wait. But I'm also. CGI Han Solo for sure. That's a solo am, poster. Or they could always bring in the actor from the, the solo movie. We've talked about that too. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I, That'd be weird. Though. I am a simple woman. I hear the Spice Mines of Kessel. I hear Rancor. I hear Syndicate. I know Han Solo is not far behind. This show is much more simple, much simpler than we give it credit for. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you I think they, they're gearing up to it. Yeah. I just don't know. It might make sense to, to bring in Alden Aaron, right? They might. You know what? I bet they'll bring him in, but they'll put Harrison Ford's face on him. Oh, Christ. Or they just edge him. That's the the dumb way. That's the way they should. Like, if if you really, like, if if they did it right, I guess, anyway, I mean, honestly, we we got Luke Skywalker in Mandalorian. I thought that was cool. But I think what fans would have even liked more, and they talked about it after seeing that kind of bad CGI, was like, you should have just um, hired uh, Bucky Barnes to play... Yes, because he because they like <laughs> he looks like just him. like him, right? And like yeah, if if they set that precedent, right? And then then you could bring in yeah. Alden Emmerich and like age yeah. him up a little bit or whatever, and people will be like, all right, cool, it's supposed to be Han Solo in this. It's just like it makes sense now. They kind of pigeonhole themselves where they have to do like things like that, and I think that's why Emil Clark 
makes more sense, right? We're not so attached to her. We've seen her in one thing, whereas we know what Harrison Ford looks like. You're not going to be able to CGI young Harrison Ford and make us like not hate it, even with this great YouTube editor. I just don't think that's going to work, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think, and I think it wouldn't work as, as well because Harrison Ford himself is so opposed to it. I mean, yeah. you're blatantly, yeah. you know, you're blatantly just saying, yeah, we don't care he, if you hate it, but. Harrison Ford is totally checked out, but my man loves a good paycheck. So loves it. he does. This is true. He'll send it in the mail, direct deposit. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. He definitely I, doesn't I, use I, direct deposit. <laughs> oh, he definitely <laughs> wants a paper check. And he's yeah. gonna take that shit to the bank himself. He wants it. He wants like a like a duffel bag full of money. He wants yeah. a certified check. He's like, oh, oh no, I want. Or like, he just get paid in real I have a question. I don't know the answer to this, but it's it's genuinely a question. Do we think, based upon everything we just talked about, and also there's an evil Wookiee, do we think that Chewbacca would come back himself in some capacity? That, I would, that's way easier to that's do. That's so much easier. He literally yeah, walks so so the world. <laughs> they already have a new actor, or, you know, God bless yeah. your making, but they already have somebody else in there. Yeah. So are we going to see a Chewy and evil Chewbacca face-off? Cool. Make it happen. I want that buddy cop series. That's what I want, like yeah. how I wanted for like guardians of the, the Rangers of the new Republic. And I wanted to be yeah. the X-Wing files. No, I want the Chewbacca BK buddy cop oh, that'd be great. subtitles. It'll be great. They just hang out at donut shops. They talk shit. And then they just kill people. Oh, It'd be great. Uh, this is all I want in life. It won't happen. I mean, but I, I, I yeah, I, I think you're right, Kat. I think it's like, it, it, they are very path of least resistance in, in like yeah. Star Wars storytelling. So I could, see, I don't want the Harris. I don't want Harris. I just want to deny it. I know you're the expert because you had the amazing Han Solo cosplay, but I also don't want it to happen. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. Oh, I, just I think like... you're right. Is the thing. I agree with that. Um, I think Chewbacca. I think Chewbacca makes. I, if if we're gonna go in like order of operations, I yeah. really think in in like converging and expanding, you put Emil Clark, Amelia you know, Clark, Amelia yeah, Clark. What? Not Emil Hirsch. It's Amelia Clark. Emil Hirsch. You put you put <laughs> Speed Hirsch. Racer in. You put it. Sp- you put Listen, Speed Racer. I love Speed Racer. The movie. Okay. You put you you put in Kiara, whatever her name is. I think that makes the most sense. Like that's number one. No drag. Number two, number two, if you want to connect it to Solo or Han Solo in some way, I think you bring in Chewbacca. They got the costume somewhere in storage. Like they don't have Harrison Ford in storage. He's high as shit somewhere. I like, don't he's, know. He's, he's in mothballs, I think. He's yeah. jacked yeah, he's out. Mothballs. Like he's, he's in mothballs. Yeah. Waiting for um, the next Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah. I think you, you age up Kiara, you make her like she's been running the syndicate for time wise. How when does solo take place? Uh, it takes place 10 years before the episode four. God, Alden Emmerich aged crazy between that. <laughs> he does not yeah. look anything like him if you think about it. Uh, and, so. and this is like five years after. Yeah. So you, you age her 15 years, that's not even that much, like for no. what she was. She's, she's, probably in like her, no. she's like she's in her like. Hair. Or, yeah, exactly. You couldn't. You, what do they do in every movie? They just like chop the hair, right? For a girl, Ryan, like sword. you've aged because you got a bob cut now. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Um, in terms of answering your question, I'll just jump in. 
Um, it's not really a theory of like what's going to happen, but just give me Cobb Vanth. I want Cobb Vanth. Who's that? Who's Cobb? That's Timothy Oliphant. Timothy give Oliphant. me more oh, Timothy oh, Oliphant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I really thought we were going to get there because he shows up, like, because I didn't realize yes. he was playing the Bantha and he goes into that town. I'm like, oh, it's Cobb Vanth. He's going to see him in the gear. Uh, but, I was so yeah. mad. He was not well, in another episode. I, I thought about him too, Al. I have. Good. I thought of, I That's thought all about I think that about. Too. <laughs> I just, I don't know if they're going to show because then I guess if as much as I want to see him, it just makes you wonder, like, well, why didn't he go get the armor if you see that he has your armor? Why didn't you just go be Boba Fett and just Go kill him again. I'm talking about in the current timeline. I don't want yeah. more past stuff with him. Yeah. I want like he needs allies, right? He's about to go to war potentially. Like, yeah, but who does he know? Who does he like? He doesn't know who, him though. He doesn't. Well, unless he reaches out to the other because it because he knows Mando. He know but yeah, there's a big difference, isn't it? On the other side of the the of Tatooine. I think so. And remember, oh, he, he way does, from. And when do I get to see more Timothy Oliphant? Is the question. He, Make him Cad Bane. <laughs> yes. Make him Cad Mando, Bane. <laughs> Mando got the armor from Cobb, and then he gave the. And then Boba saw the armor on Mando's ship. That's so he's never run into Cobb. Yeah, but didn't he like track him down? Didn't we see his? Didn't we see um, Boba in the distance? In mo- yes, he was it. All right, Al, are come you back. writing Timothy Oliphant fan fiction in your head? You no, know he not having you know, you know, he's this got next, next, next article. The pop rate that's a dumb question. <laughs> I'm always writing to me. <laughs> no, that's on Mal's personal server. Uh, yeah. that never goes on. Yeah. The pop rate. Uh, yeah. Amanda, do you have any uh theories that, about the series or any characters? Um, I, I feel like we're gonna get a, a little bit of a flavor with this whole war of where the syndicates themselves are winding up because, you know, by the time, you know, they're, they're, they're basically almost like a non-issue by the time that we run into the latest trilogy that I personally don't talk about at times because that upsets me sometimes, but, um, but I feel like we're going to see kind of what happens to the syndicates. Like, you know, the pikes get wiped out, you know, you're, you I mean, the huts are already on the decline. Um, so I think you're going to get a sense of, of, where the syndicates have gone um, because again, they're, they're written out. You don't hear about them in these later trilogies. Like they're gone in essence, yeah. or at least they've lost power. So I think we're going to see just that storytelling in, in its own, you know, maybe Boba leads to the decline, but then it also makes you wonder if Boba, which we assume he's going to, I assume he's going to come out on top, obviously, you know, and I think that Kara is going to show up. I really feel like she's, she's my number one pick. And I think we're, I don't think we're going to see Harrison Ford. I think we're going to see, I can never say his name right, but the Aldrin Solar. Aaron oh, Reich. Yes. His trust I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see him for sure. Just for that continuity sake. Um, what about Lando? Yeah, I was going to say maybe Lando. It could be. I although think he, I, although he's, isn't he still like, cause we, when we see him in Rise of Skywalker, he's still in the, he's still like a general, right? Yeah, he's still he's still general. Oh, you're so right. He's still, oh man, he went he went legit. Well, yeah, uh, but I I feel like Kara's gonna be the most logical yeah um, person to show up. She has to. Um, but I, I it makes you wonder: is she so? If after everything happens, what's gonna happen to Boba? If she if her goal, you know, and 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 she's trying to um, <laughs> kind of just just kind of destroy the empire. You know, she's got her own goal in mind. 
what's going to happen with Boba? Is she going to, she's not going to let him sit in power. So I think we're going to see a conflict between a potential conflict between the two. Mm -hmm. Cause he's going to, yeah. unless he goes along with her goal of destroying the empire from the inside um, or the new Republic or not the new Republic. Um, I forget. I just totally blanked on what we were calling what uh, first order, first order. Um, you know, from, from the inside, you know, I think you're going to, you know, she's got that goal to destroy the, to destroy the empire. Um, where's Bubba fitting in all that? <laughs> she's got her own agenda still. So it, it will be interesting to see how all of that comes together and just see kind of a, an idea of where the, the syndicates or the future of the syndicates and where they, they, they're go they've gone. Um, but I think she's my big one to come in. And I just, I really hope we still get to see Cad Bane at some point, some way, shape or form that he's brought in. I, I feel like um, I don't trust Danny Trejo either. I feel like he's an insurance policy for the huts um, in case Boba comes out on top. They're just waiting to see who's going to come out on top of this thing. If it's Boba Fett, then they have the Rancor there as an insurance policy to take him out mm -hmm. and they can still come back in. They're going to, they're going to take the path of least resistance. And they're gonna. They, I'm sure they have a plan for the Pikes as well. Um, I think. I think they're just gonna wait it out. They've got insurance policies on both, and I feel like, you know, we're gonna see the Huts again for the Twins again for sure. Um, but it's just. Uh, I, I. It's gonna be interesting to see if Boba leads to the decline of the rest of the syndicates, and if he's gonna come into conflict with. So am I the only one trusting of Danny Trejo? I feel like I'm the well, only one who trusts him. But, but look at his movies, though. Look at look at what the role he plays in the movies, though. He's always oh, the backstabber. I, I know, I know, but <laughs> I love Danny Trejo. Very Robert Rodriguez. I all love Danny Trejo. It's like okay. yeah, I love treasure. This is not a personal thing. Yeah. Okay. Like, personally, I would I would love. Here's the, re my here's the reason I trust him. Here's the reason I trust him. He's Danny Trejo because he said to the Rancor, "Don't worry, he'll be back." Because that was such a sweet, nice thing to say to a creature who was just being introduced to his new like master, right? Another his thing, new he, dinner, more like. Well, like, he, don't worry, he'll be back. Nah, he didn't. It wasn't sinister. I didn't. I didn't it, sense it at it least. I think it was. I think it was ambiguous. Yeah, yes. I think. I think mm. All right, we'll have to read it one way. We'll have to rethink. We'll have to revisit what. this Mephisto. Yeah, well, I mean, this is not the fucking delivery guy with the shaggy haircut. Like, this Still is like he's sus. Yeah, he's oh, thank you for turning to a seven year old who plays uh, uh, Among Us. Um, but it's, um, I know I have one. And so, but I, I think the whole point of Danny Trejo's character is one way or the other, you're not going to trust him. Even if it turns out to be good, you're going to have this air of distrust. And because Al has to be right. Boba Fett did see Cobb Vanth at the end of episode one uh, of season two of Mando. Here's the thing. Why would the very righteous and cool Cobb Vanth help out Boba Fett, who is now a crime lord? Is it because, hey, the syndicates came in and they, they fucked up your town. You don't want that to happen. Work with me. I'll offer protection. Or are you just really hoping Timothy Oliphant shows up? You trying to make that? He hasn't job? done any crime lordy he things. He runs a crime syndicate. Yeah, he's in a syndicate. I understand that, but he hasn't done anything yet. He I, has I think the, Oliphant doesn't know that. 
He has met with the mayor a bunch. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> so far, he's just taken a bunch of meetings. He's, yes. he's, he's, he's hired trouble youths in the area. <laughs> Again, Timothy Oliphant doesn't know that. No, I know. I'm just saying that, like, no, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm arguing against I'm, I'm arguing against him being a crime lord because he's really not yet. <laughs> oh my God. He hasn't started oh. any crime lording. Let's let's I just he hasn't done anything yet. Well, I just think the geographical distance. I really yeah, feel no, like now I have sure. to go back and look at Mando. The geographical distance doesn't. It's, it's like far. on the other end of the planet. So I'm like, I don't know if they're ever because they're so far. The man is applying logic to this argument. Al is. But that just, is a great argument about the crime lord. You know, he's not he really a crime, a crime lord, lord yet. He's not a crime. You know, apparently he's just middle management. Um, let's get to our final segment where we are going to rank this episode. I'm bringing this uh, this star system back. We are ranking this on a scale of one to 10 parsecs because God damn it. I loved it the first time we did it. Why not do it twice? Uh, where we're just going to give our rating. We've dissected this episode a lot. So guys, any final thoughts? One scale of one to 10. So cat you first scale of one to 10 parsecs, your rating of the episode, any final thoughts you might have. Um, I will give this episode uh, seven parsecs. So. 7.5. Generally, I enjoyed it. I find myself engaged by the story. Um, even though we've pointed out all of the issues with the chase scene, I didn't hate it because like there was things going on that didn't involve like scheduling in meetings. Um, I really like the characters. I'm intrigued by Boba. I'm intrigued by Rocksteady and Bebop. I like <laughs> I, I like just like the side characters. And even though I do think they look a little goofy, like I am interested in like a teenage cyborg street gang. Like just that idea sounds cool to me. Um, the reason the rating isn't higher and generally it's not higher for the whole show is that for me, the book of Boba Fett is missing what I like to call the baby Yoda factor what is going to keep me coming back every single week and like, what is like going to fill my heart with joy. And right now there's no like baby Yoda factor. There's no BBA. There's, there's Matt Berry. Who's, who's great, but we need like, we need him more in the story if he's going to really hit that. Um, so yeah, I seven, seven and a half parsecs for me. Uh, Kolsky. Yeah. I would also give it seven. Um, like I pretty much agree what you said. I, I think it's, I think the episode's okay. I, I don't, I'm not really engaged with the story and characters that much. Um, I was just thinking about it earlier today, how it's following pretty much the same, uh, the same arc as like every Disney plus show where there's like, they're basically like teasing like some big reveal or some character or cameo at the end or towards the end of the series. Like mm -hmm. I think like WandaVision kind of did that, except they like didn't have someone at the end and it was kind of weird. I think Hawkeye did it. Hawkeye did it. Uh, I think, I think Mandalorian was a bit like that, but I think uh, those shows all mostly work because they had really engaging stories and characters um, and this one's just, it has characters, but it doesn't, I don't think they have like a very compelling story 
figured Yet. out. I, I Yet. the impression I kind of get my like my conspiracy theory is I feel like this whole time they wanted to do a Boba Fett show. And when it came the time to do it, they didn't really have an idea for it. So they were like, okay, we'll like make a show about a guy that looks like Boba Fett. Yeah. And we'll just like do whatever. And like it worked. And then and then they're like, okay we've done this Boba Fett guy show, but like we'll introduce Boba Fett in it and we'll give him his own show, but they still haven't figured out like what his show is. And it's, I don't know. It, it shows kind of the cracks in the, the Disney plus model, I guess. I have a little bit more hope, but I don't disagree. With it, it, it's, it's a lot like Hawkeye. I'm comparing it to Hawkeye. It feels like it's kind of just building up to some like big final episode or two. But Hawkeye did have engaging characters that had Kate Bishop. And, and they also bought themselves, I think, a bit of time with bringing in uh, Black Widow, Black Widow's sister. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of kept, it, like, gave the story a weird momentum. But, like, it did help give interest to the kind of middle of the story because it kind of sags in the middle. And they might do something similar in this, but... Um, yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I feel. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with seven and a half as well. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good episode. Um, I do like again. I'm applying my gangster show hypothesis, you know, archetype here that we're gonna move very slowly. That all of a sudden everyone's gonna come together and we're gonna get this big, glorious, loud finale, which ultimately leads us to what the second season is. Cole, I agree. Big reveal is gonna come at some point, uh, and we're gonna get the war. Uh, or we'll get this the tease to the start of the war, which I don't think is the way you want to end the show, the season. So uh, I enjoyed this. I like the fact we're now getting into the thick of it. We're getting into the plot. We're finally moving into the show I want to see. So we got like four or five more episodes. I think four more episodes to go. So yeah, I think we could you know give a little time to some of these episodes, and I think we can we could do some damage again, like the cameos, like the introduction of a lot of things. There's a lot of open questions here that if they address them, I think you could get a very good show out of it. So I'm intrigued to see how it's going to go. Uh, Al, your rating on Parsecs. Yeah, I think I'll give this one an eight. Um, it's not as good as the second episode, which I think is one of the best things that we've seen, like Star Wars related in ever. I thought it was just such a great episode. Um, This one was solid. I thought it was a a lot of fun. Um, Got to see a little more of the world building, got to see more of Mos Espa and like his world. If if we're going to get more Boba Fett shows or one-off movies or whatever their plan is, it's nice to know where we're at. And we finally do with this episode. Um, I, I, I think I agree with, with you, Bill, I think, you know, it's I, we're really kind of building towards something big now, uh, now that we've kind of see where, who the players are and who's involved. So um, to, to go on Cole's point a little bit though, we talked about this last episode where, you know, there was a big plan. There was actual plans for a Boba Fett movie, right? Like mm-hmm. a, like a, a Boba Fett, like prequel or whatever yeah. um, at some point. And I think that would have been such a disservice because I think at that moment in time, pre Mandalorian, it would have been what everyone expected kind of this like badass bounty hunter, like 
show and i think it would have been very one-dimensional it would have been just kind of playing into what everyone thought boba was i think they're doing a really interesting take on the character and giving him more like giving more a chance to grow and be something more than just another bounty hunter because there's a zillion of them in the galaxy right we, we met bk um you know there's a billion of these other bounty hunters that we could have those stories and have those kind of people interjected within but i love that they're kind of giving this character who only had three minutes of screen time or whatever and a few lines and a, and a poor death his chance to shine a, a character that's been um the epitome of cool and awesome for like decades now like i'm i'm i like the direction and care that they're putting into this character um so this one's an eight so excited to see what else is going to happen and I, i'm just excited to see how they're going to continue building this star wars uh, TV or uh, Disney Plus world. Same thing when we were ending um, Mandalorian, right? That the promise of Boba Fett was amazing, but like Ahsoka and, you know, all these other ones um, that are kind of in the pipeline. I'm really excited to see more of this. Amanda. So I give this an eight as well. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I was thinking the same thing. Um, Last week's episode, I really appreciated the detail and the storytelling. Um, I know that the flashback could be a little long, but they were just beautifully done. Um, and and so you had that mysticism. You had that little, uh, and I, I feel like I enjoyed this episode because we got more action. I felt like it was starting to pick up. We're starting to pick up steam again. I, I wish we pick up steam a little earlier. Um, the flashbacks here had purpose, even though they were shorter than I could have, they could have gone a little bit longer, <laughs> a little bit. Um, now I'm like the other end, right? The little bit longer, but um, they had purpose here and we're starting to see the, the consequences of his actions in the past. They're so coming back again with the pikes, everything with the pikes. I'm, I'm liking those elements of, of kind of those ties, you know, kind of those circles coming around, if you will. Um, the cameos, Great use of the cameos all the way around from continued with Matt Berry being around to again, Danny Trejo again, just, just give me Danny Trejo on a rancor with a machete, like yelling into the sky would be great. <laughs> um, but just again, effective use of the cameos uh, and just, you know, it, 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 it got us in the present day. And I agree. I think we're building again, like everybody said, you know, we're Bill said too. you know, just we're building towards something big uh, and we're finally getting that. We're finally starting to get that, that build. We're finally starting to get that momentum happening. We we got the backstory explained. Of course, now I'm curious to see how the flashback is. Well, now we can't call it Slave One anymore, but I'm still going to call it Slave One. He keeps having that same flashback. I don't think we've brought that up yet. Where yeah. where you see young Boba looking out. That flashback has come out twice now, or has it come out every episode? I want to say it's at least twice. Uh, at least but twice. Yeah, it was at least twice. And it was in the last remember. episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, the significance of that particular flashback because it keeps coming back will be interesting to see. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's picking up more steam, but it, it didn't get as high of a rating as last episode for me because I'm still waiting for a little bit more of a hook. Uh, like your, your cat, your baby Yoda. Um, but I, a little bit more of a hook now I'm like, come on, you got to reel me in by now uh, a little bit yeah. more. So um, in terms of present day, I was last episode hooked me for the past yeah. yeah. Now I need to know what's going on in the in the present. Hook me into it. Um, but there's a lot of potential there, and I'm still I'm excited. I'm looking forward to what's going on again. Effective use of cameos, you know, just as long as they keep doing that, you know, and keep the action going. Um, I think you know, and again, if we get a little bit more finick, that'd be great. But gradual, 
you know, give, give me, make me want more Fennec and then give me Fennec, <laughs> give me a full dose of Fennec at the end when I'm meant to. Um, I, I, you know, and I, again, I appreciate the, the, also the continued little Star Wars, you know, comics and books and short stories, nuances that we're, we're getting the little Easter eggs. Um, and even ties tied back to Mando, you know, with, with Amy showing up with the little George that, that I was like, Oh yeah, that, that had me to um, keep those up. And I, I think, I think we're going to, Maybe the next episode will be higher. <laughs> I feel like we're getting there. We're, we're yeah. making our way there. Just need to get there a little faster. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up our episode. We ran a little long. So why don't we just uh, plug our social media and uh, bid ourselves adieu till next week. Uh, for me, I'm at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S, if you must follow me on Twitter, of course, uh, at The Pop Break on, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, thepopbreak.com every single day for movies, tele- uh, reviews, interviews, and opinion pieces uh, and podcasts on uh, movies, television, music, anime, comic books, pro wrestling, and everything in between. Of course, follow all of our platforms, uh, our podcast platforms. Um, we have Pop Break TV, Socially Distanced, and The Winner Still Is, the Way Too Early Oscar podcast, and The Breakcast on uh, Spotify. Apple, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. Cat and Cole, please let us know where people can find you uh, and your works around the world. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd at cat underscore wild. That's cat with a K and wild with an E. Um, reviewing some movies and occasionally shows pop up on there as well. I wonder if Boba Fett is on there. I should check, but no. uh, it's not. Um, and fingers crossed, hopefully in four months i have tickets to some concerts that may or may not be happening we'll see if they're happening then i'm going and there will be photos so then you can follow me at instagram cat goes to shows and also at the pop break where i'll be covering those shows again if they happen yeah you have social media you can follow so yeah. but if if you if you want to contact cole because you think that he sounds so uh witty and lovely you could uh come yes. to me first because i'm his security detail yeah she is the gatekeeper uh amanda talk about mission pro wrestling and where people can find you online yeah so our next show is crazy train january 29th we have some great debuts coming up uh some from nwa as as well coming coming in so um, we have several matches out, and I know our, our championship match is going to be insane with Holiday and La Rosa. They're going, they're going to take down Southern Star Brewery. I already know. <laughs> um, I just watched Holiday's promo, and I'm like, she is out for blood. But when is she not out for blood? So, um, but yeah, so uh, January 29th, our next show, you can stream it on Title Match Network. Uh, and also follow Mission Pro Wrestling on all social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we have a YouTube channel as well. So check out our past matches and uh, our promos for our amazing talent that is uh, booked on the show. And it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It is an amazing show every time. It better and better each time. Um, and then I am at Amanda Lorian on Instagram, where I just do random nerdy things, post about different shows that are here, uh, wear my nerd t-shirts and do some fun cosplay and exercise. <laughs> That's what that is. An amazing Sokotano cosplay. Al, uh, where can people find you on social media? Mostly where you're espousing your love for Cobb Vanth, as well as, you know, you used to take photos and stuff. 
you can find all of my Cobb Vance uh, fan fiction on Twitter. <laughs> now you can find me on Twitter at Al Manorino and Instagram at Al Manorino. Hopefully we'll be posting photos as well. Um, if this pandemic thing that we've been talking about for 91 episodes uh, subsides at some point and we can go back to concerts. Um, there was a brief moment where it seemed like, yeah, hey, we're, we're back right now. It does not seem that way. Um, so we'll see. We will see. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Boba book club. Until next time, we will see you around. Terrible way to end the show. Mm-hmm.